We just live right now, man. It's going down, excited for the season. You know, we coming off a playoff win. I mean, you know, we had a couple wins. Hello and welcome to episode 170 of Dear Diaries and Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Yes, we're back. It's been like 48 hours since you last heard from us, but we're back. Emergency pod style. We haven't done this since the Damian Lillard trade. So we're having emergency pods pretty often around here, which is great. Uh, I'm joined, or sorry, didn't even introduce myself. I'm Riley Feldman, one of your usual co-hosts. Joined by my usual other co-host to discuss the most consequential news in the Bucks universe and since Kyle's trade that sent uh, Chris Middleton to Golden State in exchange for Andrew Wiggins and uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Kyle Carr and Adam uh, Ferris are with me. Guys, how are we doing? You know, maybe it was the trade that uh, maybe maybe I sent some bad juju out into the world. Um, maybe that's what happened. <laughs> I haven't even had a chance to listen to that pod. My mouth is agape at that pod <laughs> suggestion, at that trade suggestion, Kyle. Oh, my God. Spoiler. I'll be I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I uploaded the video on YouTube and like within 45 minutes, somebody's like <laughs> somebody was like, what are these trade proposals? Like, yeah, completely fair reaction <laughs> to what we were throwing out there. I mean, I think that's a good glimpse into the psyche of what Bucks fans probably felt have felt most of this season uh, going yeah. into whatever the heck is happening today. Yeah. All right. We'll cut right to it. Emergency pod, the reason why we're here. Adrian Griffin is no longer the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. He was shit canned promptly this <laughs> afternoon by GM John Horst. He ends his tenure with a 30 and 13 record. Uh, I believe, Kyle, you looked it up. It's the shortest tenure uh, any Bucks coach has ever had outside of interims in the organization's history. And I believe, I looked around, it's the third shortest tenure in NBA history. Uh, there was two shorter ones. I think one of them was like a health issue or something like that. So it's not a lot, uh, not a lot of time. Even David Blatt, when he got fired with like a 30 and 11 record, he had had a full season prior to that. So short tenure for Adrian Griffin, a little bit out of the blue. The Bucks just barely beat the Pistons on in a way in a way series, which didn't help out. I'm just going to run through a couple of facts here before I turn it over to you guys. So um, as of today, right now, it is Tuesday, 515 Central. We're recording. The Bucks have the second best offense in the league still, 121.4 rating, 21st in defense. Uh, they've kind of fluttered around that bottom third for a while with a 10th place in the net rating. Um, Joe Prunty is going to be taking over as the interim head coach. We saw this coming the moment Joe Prunty was hired, so Adrian Griffin played himself by approving that one. Uh, and then just the background real quick on a little bit of the reporting that came out in the immediate aftermath. Um, we had from Eric name over the athletic alongside Sam Amick, Amick, sorry. And Sham Sharania, um, essentially talking to that the players, uh, Giannis in particular had lost faith in Griffin over time. Kind of the inflection point was that in season tournament semifinals lost to the Pacers. Um, and we, we, there's like full quotes here, but essentially while players from the piece quote while players are willing to be patient with Griffin as he learned on the job because of the team's vast personnel changes at the start of the season their questions grew more significant as the team failed to show substantial growth at the midway point of the season according to team sources the issues plaguing Griffin's uh, early tenure range from putting together strong schemes on both ends of the floor for the Bucks to fulfill their championship potential to successfully communicating his vision to players for them to execute on the floor uh yeah so we're here Guys lost faith in them. I, who knows at what point it was that the kind of things tipped over. Um, we'll talk about who comes next year in a little bit, but let's, I'll go to you, Kyle. Spit take, where are you at? Where Where did you hear? What was your initial thought on the Adrian Griffin departure? So my oldest son is homesick, so I'm literally just trying to do my job and take care of him. And I notice a post that someone and I was in a group chat and someone said, Kyle, what the hell are the Bucks doing? I was like, what do you mean? Whether like, I don't know, like well, this could be anything. And then I see Griffin gets fired. I was like, oh, OK, that's all right. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, I'm not surprised that he got fired. It was always one of those where as the season went on, went on, I figured they'll give him to the end of the year. And then unless he does really, really well, gets a deep run, like 
game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals or wins the championship. He wasn't going. If he got a second round exit, I would have seen him get fired and then they would have started over just because even though the offense has done a great job this season, the defense is just so flawed that that was going to be what would potentially hurt the Bucs. And I didn't think I didn't think he was going to get fired midway through the season. But when you more or less lose a locker room, that's kind of one of those where it doesn't matter how when it doesn't matter what your record is, doesn't matter what's going on. If you don't have the faith of the players, it's really hard to continue going on with it. It's kind of one. It's kind of one of the things where it's, you know, someone mentioned, how does Monty Williams still have a job despite, you know, not doing a good job? It's like, well, the players at least believe in him enough, even though things aren't going well, the players seem to care about him in some capacity. And just sounds like that wasn't the case with Griffin. It is kind of funny where they mentioned the in-season tournament. Um, just because, yeah, ironically, the Bucks do go and get seven wins in a row, and then January comes, and it's like, okay, well, we're back to square one. Um, yeah, I, I was home with my kid, and I saw that, and I was like, all right, is what it is. Yeah, uh, Larry Drew, congratulations. You no longer have the shortest tenure in Milwaukee Bucks history. Um, Larry Drew had one season, and that was it. There were, you know, the funny thing is, Adrian Griffin had a shorter coaching stint than some of the interim coaches. <laughs> Jim Boylan coached 50 games. <laughs> Joe Prunty, I think, was the only... I think there's Joe Prunty and one other guy who took over for Del Harris after Del Harris got fired. That had shorter stints, but they were interim. Larry Kristoyak had a longer time on the job than Adrian Griffin. So, yeah, not great. Adam, how about you? Where were you at? Where was your what was your spit take the moment the news hit your phone? Uh, so I'm in the I have a, a work event this Saturday, so I'm in the middle of planning the script for that, and there were a lot of things flying around. Um, and then the Griffin thing came in, and I was like, I honestly, my brain can't handle this right now. So I had to compartmentalize it and sort of just wait until all of my, unfortunately, until all of my work stuff was done. But then I'm, I mean, lots of texts flying in. I, I, I. It's, I think, obviously, a major issue is if you're hired essentially a little bit as a player's coach for a bit, I feel like that was one of the things coming in and then you lose the players, like, that's a, that's not good, right? That's not a tough, that's not a good look. I think when you seem to be based upon the reporting, potentially the one that Giannis preferred, and then he's your most vocal opponent, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, by being the star, he's the one who can be the most vocal as well. Uh, and that we're going to lend the most credence to, and it's going to be broadcasted the most, but I think that obviously didn't bode well. And frankly, I was still pretty shocked. Cause I think like Kyle, I thought, you know, I, I, I feel like we were kind of, I was kind of getting at this at our last conversation, the last time us three were together, it was like, I'm kind of resigned to thinking they need to flip the switch. Otherwise the season is just going to be over. And Maybe they have a chance now without Griffin for that to happen. But I just kind of figured this year would be riding it out with Griffin. Like Kyle said, unless you like win the championship, he's back. But that seemed unlikely. So I was pretty shocked they were willing to make the move uh, at this point. I think it, it does all tie into the locker room thing. Like if the only <laughs> there's only been two times that Giannis has in in the media in pressure's been like what the fuck is the coach doing and it was one when he got bud canned and then two like over the intervening past couple weeks where he's like we don't know what we're doing on defense we need to like come up with a game plan it's like this is looking kiss of death e for <laughs> adrian griffin and then there was something where it was adrian somebody i think it was eric name who asked it was like oh Giannis is like oh we gotta like talking about how you need a game plan and Griffin was like, "Yeah, I agree." I was like, "But you're the coach. Don't say that. Don't say that out loud. Come on, don't do that." Um, I was I sh I wasn't shocked. I guess just because the vibes have been so bad for so long, and we can win. You can look at the record, and the record's really good. But I've always felt that the record is just because that's how talented the team is, rather than the coaching staff and. I'm not going to say it was the Pistons who did Griffin, the, the upstart, the feisty upstart Pistons who did Griffin in, but <laughs> the, the bench for the Pistons, I think they outscored our bench by like 110 points over the two game series, which is hilarious. But also 
we we get down to the very worst team in the league and the perimeter defense it's like it's gotten worse as the season has gone on guy like both dame and malik and other guys are just they just give up like there is no <laughs> so once guys start actively giving up brooke gave up like 10 games into the season and started protesting they had the quiet protest i think all the signs have been on the wall for us to reach we had the terry stotts thing and i know people are like well maybe dame actually hates Terry Stotts, so this is good. I was like, that's really positive spin zone on the Terry Stotts departure before the season even begins. So I think all the signs have been there that it was going to be bumpy and the players were not into it. And as as much as it might look bad on John Horse that he has to go back on his hire this quickly into it, it looks worse to lose the core of your players who are harder to, like, they're just more important, just flat out. Like that, the coach has something to do, but it's just it's easier to fire the coach. That's why firing Bud was like the main option we had before the Dame trades. Like, how are you going to change the team? You fire the coach. Well, right now it's going to be hard to swing yet another trade. So, what's the best option? Fire the coach. Find somebody else who knows what they're doing. So, um, it, it's surprising in as much as the front office admitted admitted a mistake. Um, but I think all the signs kind of pointed to this, it, like Kyle was saying, if it wasn't going to be now, it was going to be this summer, barring a title run or something like that. So, um, yeah, it was and I was literally just getting like my oil changed in my car and my brother texted me like, what's happening? So that's where I was. That's that's where I got the news that Adrian Griffin was fired. So um, I'm trying to think if there's any like looking can, can back. I, can yeah, I ask ahead. a question? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious, for example, like Kyle. What did you, what did you, looking back, do you remember how you felt about the Griffin hire at the time? And how much do you think the trade for Dame played into what is happening at this point where he's getting canned halfway through the year? I think I went into the hire like, okay, this seems like a gamble, but it was, I mean, I don't, I have been anti-Nick Nurse. I've said multiple times he has a war criminal. Um, So... (laughs) I was more on the Atkinson side of things, and that's where I was. So I think for me, I, it's not that I necessarily was anti-Griffin from the get-go, but it's not like I was like raising a banner hoping that he got the job. Um, with the Dame trade, I think that only just added the pressure. And you know, it's already hard enough being a rookie head coach, and it was already going to be hard being a rookie head coach with a team that is aiming – like the reason why they fired their last coach is because they felt – that he was underachieving with the talent that he had. And then you go out and get a top 75 player of all time. And now that pressure is increased. I think that added to it. I think even given the defense that we're seeing, I don't care. Like even if you had Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen out there, it the defense still probably was flawed enough that it, you could have maybe gotten away with it with saying, okay, well you didn't, you go into the season and you expected to have at least Drew who could, hold his own and maybe mask some of the other issues. And now you're bringing in Dame and it's kind of like you're trading defense for offense, but it's just one of those where other than his challenges, I don't, I can't really think of like things that Griffin did super, super well. And that's kind of tough to really make the point of it. It's like, if the one thing I could point to is, well, he knows when to make the challenges. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) that's not that's not super great so i I think the trade i think just because being a rookie head coach is hard and being a rookie head coach with a team that has such a limited championship window that is right now you kind of it's going to be one of those where even if, if the bucks were 500 but at least showed signs of something I don't think adrian griffin gets fired because at least we would see progress it's kind of like i know people are talking about ime adoka but by then, Ime Odoko, you can at least start seeing what Boston was trying to do. And the problem with Milwaukee is we don't know what they're trying to do on defense. The, looks, basically, the plan is just we're going to score 140 points every week, which I like personally. I, Me, the viewer that can watch these games, I like seeing basketball, high-scoring basketball. But if you have no plan and players are losing on the plan – I think it's just more the pressure was just always high and adding Dame added another like degree or two. I don't blame Adrian Griffin at all for putting his hat in the ring. Hell, had I known where the LinkedIn posting was, I might have applied because (laughs) yeah, yeah, sure. 
I have to win right away or I'm getting canned. But, you know, if you're somebody who's trying to break into the head coaching ranks, you kind of take whatever opportunity. It, I think for literally anybody who is a first time head coach, it doesn't matter if you had 14 years of experience or whatever. I mean, this is <laughs> a tall task. I mean, we already went from one of the most well-established head coaches in the league and then to go with a completely new first time guy, that's just a hard challenge. So I don't fault Griffin at all. I hope for his sake that there's going to be a lot of learning process in terms of like man management, principles, flexibility, whatever. Like it's obviously not great to get fired, but you know, he had that had the opportunity. Can't blame him for going for it, even if it wasn't the best fit. Um, and we also have to continue to remember that, like Kyle said, the sequence of things this summer was we fire Bud in the immediate aftermath of the Miami series because it looks like we're not going to have a lot of flexibility to do anything otherwise. Then we hire Griffin on with the assumption that Drew Holiday is going to continue to be here. And then we trade for Damian Lillard. Like if you switch even a couple of those things around, like if you tell John Horst in the immediate aftermath, hey, you're going to get Damian Lillard, that probably changes his approach to the coaching situation like quite a lot like you might it, it it changes the experience level who you're gonna bring in there's a reason why terry stotts was brought in to like be essentially the guy who could take over i believe in mark stein in his reporting he had heard it was like a source of his that he didn't attribute and he didn't even want to report on it because it was just like hearsay but the idea was like if terry stotts was still on the coaching staff today he would have already been made head coach like weeks ago prior to this point so i think the game plan always was as soon as you get Dame, okay, we got to get somebody else here who's going to be able to take over. So um, it, it it changes a lot, and I, I feel for Griffin because it's a tough situation. But also, you know, he's, I, I'm sure he's not completely blameless. Like, there's a reason why he got fired. He, he, he wasn't able to manage everybody around him, inspire faith in the players, all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know. It, it, it's unfortunate for everybody because just the way that the timeline worked out ended up putting everybody in a bad spot, seems to me. Yeah, I, and the thing with Adrian Griffin is I can't necessarily say he's a bad coach. He's not a coach that he's not a coach for a team that wants to win. Maybe if he if he was a team coaching the Washington Wizards. I don't know. Maybe he does a better job. It's just more the what Griffin was trying to do wasn't going to work with the personnel that he had. Maybe if he could have start fresh with a team that is younger, that is more like that. It has lower expectations. He can tinker around and try and make things work and probably get more player buy-in as opposed to you're bringing in a guy, you're bringing in a core that's won a championship. You're bringing in Dame, you're bringing in other players like Jay Crowder who have been to the finals. It's really hard to get buy-in when you're a first-time head coach from got from guys that it's like we know what winning looks like you might as an assistant but that's completely different than as the head coach or even i don't even know if you want a title as a player but it's just kind of one of those things where i think griffin would have been better off being a coach for a team that's rebuilding or a team that just has a younger core and i feel like i keep thinking about do you remember that um JJ Reddick clip that was going around really early in the season where he was talking about there was that year they were playing defense. They were really good the year before. And he said something to the effect of the next year, our coach asked us to do this specific type of defense. It wasn't very successful. By the end of the season, people were just kind of, you know, going through the motions, not really clicked in. We weren't really bought into what he was doing. And so as a result, our defense suffered. I couldn't help but keep thinking about that almost every time I watched the Bucks because it just felt like I'm not totally sure what these people are doing. And if they're not bought in, I have there's no reason that they're going to be playing at a level when they're almost all of them are completely familiar with what it's like to play incredibly stellar defense at a championship level. Like they they've done it besides besides Dame. But I think like Kyle said, there's no reason that just swapping in Dame and yes, Malik for Grayson should result in a team that just absolutely is not able to defend on a, on a basic level. So I, I kept thinking about that and feeling like it's just, if you're not able to do that and get your players to do that, like it's just hard to keep it rolling uh, at, at the, at the level that they were doing this season, if they really want to win a championship. I'm telling you the, the worst thing that happened to Adrian Griffin was being told that he's a defensive maestro. If he could, if his agent could have just spun it and say, I'm actually an offensive mastermind. Oh my God, the results look great. But like, of course, like 
he just knows offense. Why? So it's the switch over to the defense. That's the real the pain in the neck for him. Um, there was going to be another point I was going to bring up. Oh, the and the thing like like Adam saying, OK, all these players, they, they're looking really bad, all that sort of stuff. Um, the one of the other differences with Bud, like with his fringe guys, his marginal guys, he was able to get a lot more out of them than you may have expected. And besides Malik Beasley shooting insane and in campaign, which again could also just be a function of the fact that there's even more gravity on the court with Dame and Giannis out there, who is like playing above their expectations? And and you can't say Andre Jackson Jr. because he's a rookie, so there there literally were no expectations. I can't. I literally can't say a single player is like playing above expectations, which is not good. Jay Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Um, <laughs> Let's just remember so that, where I was with Jay Crowder, and that's why I'm saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you think about like the core things a coach is supposed to do, it's like, okay, develop talent, get the most out of your players. Yeah. Doesn't seem like we're doing that. Have like really good core schematic schemes in place. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Adjust. He, he liked to change stuff up. I'm not sure if those were like the best adjustments, but he did like to change stuff up. Manage rotations. I actually think that one he was fine at. I, I didn't really have mm -hmm. any many issues with what he did there. So, but there's there's just some of the, when you're when you're not like when you're on a team that wants to win a championship and you're not like wow this coach is amazing at this. On like three of the core pillars of coaching, I think it's just it's tough to be able to continue going out there every night and and surviving. Knowing when to call challenges, uh, unfortunately, in the NBA is not one of the three core pillars of coaching. So <laughs> sorry, sorry, Adrian. Um, all right, one, one more question before we wrap up the Griffin portion. Does this, the way this situation played out, either the hire, how long it took, the roster construction, it, how are we feeling about John Horst in the context of this? Is this, is his stock down, look bad, does it look good? He's so like, where, what do we think about John Horst right now? Because he does have a part to play in all of this, obviously. I will mention this in my Wednesday wrap-up, which will probably be out by the time people hear this. I'm going to knock John Horst a good amount. Like I, I still trust John Horst more than anyone else in this organization, but, and we'll kind of touch on it a little bit more as we probably talk about Giannis, it is, but John Horst blew this call, and he decided to go with a rookie head coach when that probably wasn't the approach. He decided to go with Adrian Griffin over other options like McNurse, like Kenny Atkinson, because more or less Giannis endorsed Adrian Griffin. And yes, you do want your star players input, but you also are the decision maker. It is still your decision. So you still make that call, whether you wanted it, and that's also the thing. If he wasn't super sold on Adrian Griffin, but only picked him because it was either that or piss off Giannis to the point that Giannis might not sign the extension, then you that's one of those you just got to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, Giannis, look, I know you want Griffin. You don't want Nurse. I'm not sold on Griffin, though. I think we'll just go back and we'll see who else is out there. That's probably what Horse should have done. If he didn't feel, and that's kind of one of the things we'll never know how confident Horse was. So it is still his call. It was still his decision. No one's going to fault him for firing Bud. But it is his call to make the decision to hire Griffin, and that was the wrong choice. So he does get a brunt of blame. That does knock him down a peg. Yeah, I think unless we unless Giannis decides to go onto the players tribune and and really write and give us the full story as to what happened, it's it's really tough because you want to give him horsed credit if it's like your primary thing is getting Giannis to sign another extension if you did that if getting if going for Griffin against all odds got it done okay great but unfortunately that's that's hamstringing your short term to try and secure the long term and I understand that's a really hard balance but um it it's hard too because like the bud firing I mean I was on board with the bud firing I, I don't regret it I really don't um I think the process after the fact was haphazard, much like with the hiring of John Horse in the first place was haphazard. But um, you wonder if you, if you just slow down a little bit. And I remember at the time, pe were people kind of getting like restless? They were taking a while through the whole process, I remember. So I think there's a lot of pressure that GMs feel to like, you know, outside pressure, internal organizational pressure to 
resolve that that absence. Um, I, I do think it's a, a knock on him, but I do want to also give him credit for getting Giannis to sign again. And if if having Giannis learn the hard way that just because you think a dude's cool does not equal he's going to be a good coach, maybe it's worthwhile. It it all kind of depends on who this next hire is and. You know, obviously, I think this upcoming summer as well. And it's the same with the roster. It's, it feels a little half complete as well, which is partially because of the Dame trade. But, um, you know, this, there's still, as with any GM, it's a lot of moving parts and TBD on a lot of stuff. That was going to be my next point was he is also responsible for the roster and whether, I mean, he had, he Adrian Griffin got hired shortly before the draft. So then in terms of going into free agency, there could have been a better planning. And yes, it was kind of hard because of the limited cap that they had. But that's where you kind of go, okay, if Adrian Griffin wants to do the super aggressive scheme, why why bring back Brooke Lopez at the number that you do? You know, if you were having these questions on it, why bring in some players? Why make, like, there's def- definitely questions where it's like, okay, why do you have some of these players that probably cannot execute it? as well john horse was like okay or, uh adrian griffin's like we're gonna play really hard-nosed perimeter defense and then john horse was like what was that you want malik beasley as you're starting to you want a soft commit to malik beasley as you're starting to guard for at least three quarters of the season sure i can get that for you let's go for it i don't you, i i think this goes back to what you said riley where the order of operations was just screwed up i think if if Horst had known that he'd be able to get Dame, I mean, credit to, you know, Griffin, I guess, if he had any hand in it, but I think it was the Dame trade that really got the re-signing, I think, obviously. So That's true. as a GM, it's kind of your job to make the best decision for the franchise. And I think that probably would have been a different coach at this point, clearly, and then being able to <laughs> feel like you can fix it later um, with your star player or feel like, Oh, I have a good enough relationship with Giannis that I'll be able to find ways to make this work. Um, you know, that's easier said than done in the moment when you're managing personal relationships with these people. And if I had a relationship with someone who was, you know, the only reason that my current franchise was successful and I had a job and they asked me to do something, I'd probably say yes. But I'm not, I'm also not a GM and I wouldn't be a good GM. So, yeah. All right. Well, fond farewell to you, Adrian Griffin, and whatever you're up to. Any final, any parting words for anybody else, or are you? We about wrapped up on Adrian Griffin. Seeing heads shaking. At now. least okay. you're gonna end with one of the most like best winning percentages, and as Bucks coaches, so <laughs> next year we'll have that for any future yeah. interviews. Very I, hard I to said top. In the, <laughs> I said in the group chat the next time we're gonna see Adrian Griffin is at opening night next season when he's there to collect his title ring after we go on to the craziest <laughs> run you've ever seen in league history. So shout out to you, Griff. It's it's uh goodbye, but not uh it's what is it? It's I can't remember what the phrase is. It's not it's not for well forever, it's just see you soon. Um so who's gonna take over? Joe Prunty in the short term, uh, but from all indications, literally every single reporter with a check mark next to their name said, uh, Doc Rivers looks like a uh, heavy favorite with Kenny Atkinson as a backup in case Doc cannot come through. I'll just give a background of that. So Doc, he obviously is no longer employed by the Sixers. He's been working as an ESPN broadcast analyst. Um, but hilariously, he's been working informally as a consultant for Adrian Griffin for like a while now to give him head coaching tips. Uh, which I'll let you guys get into that, but let's just run run down the doc background because it seems like he's the shoe in. He's coached for 24 seasons. He has a 1,097 wins to 763 loss record. Um, he's had, <clears throat> excuse me, 19 playoff appearances, uh, a little bit above 500 with his record there, and obviously the 2008 Boston Celtics title. Uh, first thing you think about with Doc Rivers is notoriously uh, not great in the playoffs playoff success outside of that Celtics title um, <laughs> with the Celtics uh, with the Clippers and the Sixers. Uh, I wrote here, he never made it to the Western conference finals with a really good LA Clippers team. And then Philly sucks, LOL. And then uh, I don't, I'm not going to say I, I know a ton about his schemes. This is where Adam's going to come in since he was near ground zero for this. But from what I'm reading, quick research, Seems like he's very pragmatic. He's known as coming a guy who comes up with strong schemes, not great at adjusting. He gets his guys, typically veteran players, and he rides those guys, no matter if they're playing well or not in a rotation. 
Um, his defense uses a lot of strong side overloading and switches, sometimes over switching where it's not necessary. Um, and he also on an offense loves pick and rolls and dominant point guards. Think Rajon Rondo, Chris Paul, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and the other thing that, that I just got the sense of players buy into this guy. He's, he's been a coach for literally a quarter of a century. He, he knows how to get the buy-in guys trust him. He trusts his guys like in terms of bringing stability and uh, morale boosting seems like doc is tailor made for that. But uh, Kyle, you've been your hand head and hands for the entire time I was reading that I'm going to hand it off to you first for your doc river takes. If, if doc is indeed the next coach of your Milwaukee Bucks. How the fuck did this team win a title is beyond me sometimes because this is the most unserious nonsense that I am seeing right now. You're bringing him in as a consultant. Why? For what? <laughs> Why would you bring in a consultant? What? What is he doing? A side gig? He's just saying, yeah, uh, played Giannis a lot. Oh, no shit. <laughs> and the thing for me is, and I tweeted this, going from Bud to Griffin to Doc is just a shambolic way of just getting yourself back to square one in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> Everything, right? When you're talking about like, oh, these are his like things. Hmm. Not great at adjustments. Oh, that's great. Didn't we fire a guy literally for not making adjustments? All right. Good. Good start there. Um, strong side overloads and um, everything with that. Didn't we just fire a guy for strong side overloads? And oh yeah, Jason Kidd, that rings a bell as well. Switching defensively, great. Does not matter as much. PR, pick and roll in the dominant point guard. Okay, good. I like that. That's good. Pragmatic in designing schemes. Uh, we just went from, wow, this is fun to watch this team just drop 140 without trying to. Oh, great. We're going to have to just watch some absolute turgidity moving forward. Absolutely not. Also, if we were going to get someone that was going to choke in the playoffs, we might as well have stuck with Bud because at least there was a title. Doc Rivers has not done anything successful in the postseason since 2008 and 2009. whoop de doo that doesn't mean anything. It's been 16 goddamn years. We're talking about a guy that couldn't get the Clippers team, very talented Clippers team, couldn't even get into the Western Conference final. I'll give him a slight pass because it is Philly. Trying to be successful in Philly is just damn near impossible when you have James Harden and Joel Embiid and Ben. Like you have unserious players and a bunch of chokers. I'll give him a slight pass with not succeeding in Philly because it is impossible to do that. But this is a guy that we have not seen do anything notable. He is not a guy that you would hire to try and win a title. I think I saw someone say he's a good option for a team that is maybe in the 40 to 50 win range and get them to 50, 50 to 55. He is good for a team that can't get out of the first round to get them out of the first round. It's kind of like he would have been a good option for the Bucs back. He would have been a better option for the Bucs back in 2018 than right now he is probably a coach where if cleveland decided to fire their coach he would be a good option to go there get that young team get him a little bit hot and take that next step but he is not the guy that you there's no confidence that he is going to be a guy that's going to get the bucks to the finals i've not, like based off of the last like i said 16 years i'm not super encouraged by this i mean great that guys are bought in i think the main reason is he was a former player he was a, su a successful player and he has coached long enough that He's gotten enough of a buy. Like, that's probably the only reason. That's probably the biggest thing that's going to go for him is the players will more likely buy into what he's doing as opposed to what happened with Griffin. But simply asking players to buy in, that's not effing encouraging enough for me to be like, yes, all right, season's back on track because what happens when we get to April and May? I have no confidence. Like, the Bucks would be up 3-1. I'm having no confidence they're closing out that series. Adam, you're you're pretty intimately familiar with Doc. I think you guys are you refer to him as Doc. You're on a first name basis. You live in similar zip codes. Week, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's uh when you when you saw that Doc was the first name on the on the list, you're you're thinking what? <laughs> uh I guess. I, I think like, you know, I don't even know what other options are out there, right? Like, so we're looking at, I don't know how old Stotts is. What is he, like 70? That would be You're weird. better off going and groveling at Terry Stotts' door, holding I, a blue box and throwing every same I know. one number and sign I, it. I, I think the thing, obviously, we've seen Doc Rivers just completely throw up all over himself as a sort of a, a, a team runner for many years now. 
the thing that's not heartening is you would think, okay, maybe he's learned from all those stuff. Well, he's just been so many places. Like it's, it's, it's hard to have that as, as a way, if you want to try and delude yourself into it at the same time, there's so many things this team did that were so stupid. Like why they're historically awful transition defensive team. There's zero reason they should be that awful. If they clean that up, that's like four points a game. Boom. That's, I think that is a really easy thing to do. I think you just need to bring someone in and I know Doc probably isn't the best choice, but this team is, could be really good. And I think they just need someone right now. I know we said it's, it's crazy that this team won a title. Like I think we're going to think the same thing. If that happens this year, there was 0% chance of that happening with Griffin. And now there's at least a chance with someone competent at the rudder. So for me, I feel more bought, much more bought into this season with someone else there because I felt like I, between, especially between like not working as actively at Brewhoop, obviously, I was like, I'm floating out, out of this season a little too easily right now with how piss poor this team looks defensively on some of these games. So I, I agree, Kyle. Very skeptical, very much head in my hands. We'll have to see. He's been driven out many different places. So. I'm don't think it's certainly the best hire, but I'm not sure what other great options are out there right now that you could pick. Although maybe we'll get into that uh, after we talk doc. At the risk of pissing off Kyle. I kind of fucking love it. I'm kind of in on doc rivers. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's literally, had you asked me when I woke up this morning and I was brewing my coffee, hey, if we fired Adrian Griffin right now and we hired Doc Rivers, would you be ecstatic? I'd be like, I'd probably be Adam, be like, ah, whatever. Yeah, I guess it's fine. But I'm kind of all in on veteran guy who just says, fuck it, we ball. Like, what's not to love about that with with how stupid we are? (laughs) And and like, so here's here's the reasoning why. Here's why I'm on board with it. Morale must be so low to fire a coach who is 30 and 13. I mean, we it can't be driven home enough how, how, how low morale has to be in the organization. Doc knows how to get dudes who are probably difficult to work with to like get together. And I don't think that the players that we have are necessarily hard to work with, um, but he's, he's a unifier guy. Okay, we got that. The guys are going to respect him. Nobody apparently respected Adrian Griffin. We're going to get the respect factor. I I what we've talked about especially on recent podcasts the offense feels like there's still a a whole nother level to go on and i don't think adrian griffin really knew how to unlock it or how to emphasize it correctly and if doc is like a pick and roll uh advocates and really loves putting the ball in his point guard's hand and just letting that dude figure out what the situation is i mean you know have we looked at who our point guard and who our star big is i mean that's it's tailor-made for those guys you going to get Giannis by it going to have to get Giannis by him but I think Doc of any option we could get right now would be the guy who could make that happen um and, and at this point the schemes are so bad that if Doc can come up with like even something halfway passable <laughs> yeah I mean I mean for no for real like I agree reason, that's why I'm in with, on it yeah the reason why with with the title with Bud it's not like Bud like really unlocks them. The scheme was just good enough, and the other teams were just bad enough for us to win there. That's how we're gonna have to win this. Like I'm sorry to say, we're not gonna like be able to just like blitz other teams because the personnel is is that weak. Uh, you know, it's it's not necessarily just Adrian Griffin's faults. The, some of the holes in the roster are that glaring. So if he can just come up with a base scheme and say, "Hey, Damon Giannis, I'm gonna run you for like 40 minutes. Please go save the season." I've done that before. I know what that rodeo is and and uh, I, I'm willing to give it a shot, especially because, as Adam alluded to, we could talk about other options. doesn't seem like there are a ton. Kenny Atkinson is the other one that it, it seemed like from reporting would be a backup option, but he's still an assistant with the Warriors. The Warriors coaching staff tragically just lost one of their assistants. I don't know where that team is at, if they would be willing to let him go. Also, the implication that Kenny Atkinson got to the end of the hiring process Giannis said anybody but Nick Nurse, and then John Horse said, "Okay, I'll go with Adrian Griffin." Kind of a red flag. Also, um, on top of all that, Kenny Atkinson has a very brief history as a head coach. I think it's it's a lot more like, oh, and he was dealt a bad hand, bad hand with how things played out there. But 
I'm I'm not sure what all the signs are that Kenny's going to be like the surefire. He's going to hit a lot of the notes. So I, I think if you're looking for this it, guy who stabilizes, guy who knows how to get guys bought in, has an idea, defensive principles. He's he's a free agent. Yes, he's with ESPN. He can get out of his contract. I'm not worried about that. But he's there. He's waiting, and he's been consulting aka like undercutting adrian griffin for months <laughs> he knows what the situation is he probably has been assembling a coaching staff in the background for like weeks at this point so i think if you're looking for ready-made ready to rock and roll i'm kind of in on doc griffin or doc griffin <laughs> sorry i'm sorry doc adrian and be, doc, i might doc be rivers. calling that by <laughs> by the end of the season kyle what yeah, are what are the odds that doc rivers the last like three weeks has been like yeah adrian i do think bobby should probably pressure 45 feet out from the hoop i would recommend continuing to do that what do you think i mean probably wouldn't be surprising and i don't even think oh. doc would be doing it to intentionally sabotage i think doc would might have been like yeah actually it's not a bad idea just like overload on this side and have bobby go 40 feet and then maybe you can create this trap okay Here's here's my ace in the hole to get Kyle on board with Doc Rivers. Just, just let's see the vision, Kyle. See the vision with me. Second round of the NBA playoffs, Bucks Sixers. It's revenge tour time. Doc gets one over. He he knocks out the Sixers again in the second round. He goes. We face the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. He knocks out the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. One more. We go all the way to the finals. And the Los Angeles Clippers are on the other side of the court. And we win the title. Doc does a three-team revenge tour. We can even make it four if we play the Magic in the first round. A four-team revenge tour. And critically, it's the Sixers matchup we've been praying for. And we win in hilarious fashion. Does that bring you aboard? Does that change your vision at all? If he gets the Bucks to the finals, I'll at least be. I'll, I'll come back and apologize. If he gets the Bucks okay. to the finals, I will apologize. Okay. Kyle be mad at the, 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 the title we'll <laughs> Make a yeah, note of that for next year's intro that I that's that we'll see if I put together. <laughs> okay. I, good. Don't don't you both think though? Like, I think one of the cardinal sins of Griffin's tenure is that he talked a lot about how just he was just going to build upon what they did last year, and I, I just felt like he never found a way to do that. And yes, again, I I think probably I underrated how much some point of attack defense would be critical to that, but. I do think Doc, at a minimum, has to understand that a, a little bit more and find some way to take to build back up whatever base was there last year, and then find some ways to iterate on it. Like I, I think that's something that that could definitely be more feasible. It's basically getting to the point with Doc where it's going to be: Is he going to do slightly better at adjustments than Mike Budenholzer? That's the question that it's going to probably come back down to: Is Doc Rivers going to be better at adjustments than Budenholzer? And my answer is: I don't fucking know and that's the problem that is the problem right there because again if we were going again we didn't know about dame and everything but hell if we're going to end up with doc rivers we might as well have just stuck with we might as well have had charles lee just calling plays at that point like or who else who was the other assistant josh oppenheimer might as well have done the goddamn job okay so then but also so, this just means yeah. nick nurse is that much of a war criminal <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Giannis and Kyle are in lockstep in regards to Nick Nurse in particular. So, so let's let's just talk through like you know the the three outcomes we could see now. Especially, probably, I think the trade deadline is probably going to be the hard stop of any sort of coaching decision if they haven't already figured it out in twenty four hours. Is like what's the best outcome? Doc Rivers, Joe Prunty stays on as interim the rest of the season, or Coach X could be Atkinson, could be anybody else, like. Those are the options we're looking at right now, you know, which is why I'm feeling more pragmatic about Doc than anybody else. No, nothing against Joe Prunty, but I think he's like a interim, the permanent interim everywhere he goes in the league. I'll have Doc ahead of Joe Prunty, but I would still take my chance with Coach X. If I had to rank, it'd go Coach X one, Doc two, Prunty three. All right. I think for right, I think for me, it's, it's, it, I guess it's Doc. I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't think of, I just can't, I don't know. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Like, is, uh, is D'Antoni doing anything? I'm not sure about him. He's like really the only other person and he's pretty old. I mean, the only thing about him is you might bring him in and I, obviously that he, I don't think he's going to fix the defense. 
I think the one other thing, the one other thing with Doc that I I do think is maybe he has some other connections with people who he'd be able to bring in too to help bolster some of the staff if he wants to do that. Like I I do think there's some connections there that that could be beneficial. So at this point, I think that's probably my preferred outcome, just knowing that they're in a kind of a tough spot midseason to find anyone who could be better suited. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing a little research. It seemed like Alvin Gentry has played sta- a role on a lot of Doc Rivers staffs in the past. I know he's part of the Kings front office, but maybe you could get him back. I, I think the way I look at it is if you want to keep Prunty, it's simply like a continuity. You don't really want to radically change a lot of what the team is doing midseason because if you hire Doc, the team practices like once a week, maybe right now you have to wait until the all-star break to have even a chance to kind of get guys in and swap anything up. So Prunty is the play. If you don't want to pay a lot of money and you're, you think you can just kind of tweak things a little bit and get some more buy-in from the players. But I think the team's in a, between a rock and a hard place right now. And doc might be the best option. And then maybe you get, you know, in the off season based off of whatever the final, you kind of get a better sense of, how you can build a roster around whatever doc wants to do. And if you get doc in now, um, he can have more input right before the trade deadline of, okay, I think this guy's good. This is kind of what we need to be looking for. Like clearly John horse was not going to be here in that from Adrian Griffin. So maybe doc rivers, if, okay, I'm more invested in this guy. I, it will help clarify what I do around the trade deadline in particular. What about James Borrego? That's one I had forgotten about. Why not? The old sure. head coach. Okay. So that's like, sure. that would be like coach X, right? You're, you're saying in, in, in that yes. scenario. Okay. Go yeah. for it. I mean, if again, and you would prefer Rego, that. go to Terry Stott's house, say, I'm sorry. We effed up. You were right. Come back. Any of those. I, coach there, X. What would you say the percentage odds of Mike Budenholz are coming back are? I'm trying to whisper that, but. One percent because it's still a job. <laughs> Is it weird? Steve, I want that? It's still a job. I missed him a lot. I would feel you like take, would you? It's would so funny. Anytime somebody says that, yeah, okay, all right. I'd take him back over Doc Rivers. I don't know if you kind of yes. have to ride. You have to ride with Canning, bud. I'm sorry, bud, but you can. That's fair. It's, I'm just saying, if you're telling me, if you're giving me the options of. Yeah. Run back, run it back with Bud and eat crow or go with Doc Rivers. I'll run it back with Bud because, again, maybe with Dave, we'll be like, okay, cool. The offense might mitigate enough of the problems of this. I don't know. Okay. Oh here's some, here's, yeah. Do we lose uh, Adam? Oh. I was trying to figure out. Huh. Are you both still there? Yep. Yeah. You're good. Go for it. Okay. I was trying to figure out with Doc. Do you think. Because one thing we've been talking a lot about this season is is finding the synergy between Dame and Giannis and maybe having Dame operate with the ball in his hands more. And maybe that being something that I think they've been working on. Do we do we think that could be something that Doc could get through to Giannis specifically in terms of finding a, a better balance there, especially for the playoffs? I do. Yes, I do. That's again, that's like the one thing I'm hang I'm like hanging my hat on, like things going well is doc utilizing dame more which can then make Giannis more efficient i will give doc that it seems like that is something that he will do and he will do really well i will give him props for that that's that's kind of why i am really more on board with doc because you're going to need to bring somebody in with the gravitas that Giannis. like okay so Giannis already publicly said that he thinks Bud is kind of a bum in particular ways, right? So that's going to be hard to roll back. It's hard back for Horse to roll that back. I'm not even suggesting Boonholz is an option, but I like if we're just running through fantasy situations. It it And it's not even just Giannis you have to get bought in. You also, I mean, Dame is like a totally new factor. Why do you think we heard so much about all the fuckery going on in the background? It's because Dame is here. Like he's got the connection to Chris Haynes. He has no loyalty to any of these people. Why should he? He was thought he was going to be a member of the Miami Heat. Now he's a Milwaukee Bucks. So um, it's why I think like, okay, James Borrego was like, he was okay. Like, okay with the Hornets. Um, Atkinson, again, just okay. Dealt a bad hand with the Nets. Um, Prunty is essentially a non-factor. If you're trying to find candidates who are going to keep Dame and Giannis like happy, bought in try and get that core components that's been sitting there for months like we're going to use it any day now right 
any day and somebody who can actually like move the pieces to make it happen. I really think the list is super short and it's pretty much just doc in terms of who's available at the moment. I mean, maybe there's somebody sitting on a coaching staff somewhere that we could poach, but you know, I, I haven't taken a hard look and I don't really know many of them. So that that's kind of what I'm pushing for is like, if we just w- think that all we're missing is getting this key engine really online, you know, and, and if, if part of it is Giannis isn't fully adjusting or buying in the way that we need to make it happen, Doc might be the only guy around available right now who could do that. And so I, I kind of give him a vote of support in that regard. So I do believe he could do it. And I believe he's one of the few coaches who could get that sort of uh, buy-in from everybody. That doesn't make Kyle happy, though. That doesn't necessarily leave Kyle happy, but I understand. We're, do, we're doing the best of the bad situation right now. I'm, so. I'm just going to complain the whole time. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> all right, great. Well, we'll see where it goes from here. Any any final thoughts on, on the coaching search? Coaching? Giannis is never allowed to give input again. Thanos is getting re-signed next year for sure. Uh, for Giannis's <laughs> input. I, okay, Giannis I, should never get input for coaching again. Yes. Yeah. I think I feel more bought into this season, honestly. I think this season felt like it was going towards a cliff that we would all eventually fall off and then have to reset. And I think this gives him a fighting chance. Maybe not in a huge, huge chance, but a better chance. And for me, that's exciting. Yeah, it's a kind of a damnation of the team that we get Damian Lillard and everybody's like, wow, this sucks. And we were 30 and 13. People are like, wow, this is not fun to watch uh, outside of occasional game winners and stuff. So um, probably the right move at the right time. Hard decision, big decision. We're going to see where the bucks go from here. Doc Rivers, the hiring process sounds like it might be active, but has nothing's official as of yet. Um, probably by the weekend, we'll have resolution on that. But for now... We wish all the listeners a lot of fun watching the Cavs games that are upcoming. It's going to be exciting. Joe Prunty, let's give him a round of applause when he when he suits up for his first home game since uh, was it 2016. Joe Prunty, good to have you back. Thanks, guys, for hopping on for the emergency podcast. We'll be back probably this weekend, especially if there's a coaching hire that's made official. Uh, and until then, we'll talk to you guys again soon.